We wrote an article that went viral and sparked a natural hair revolution. We are Elise and Aisha, moms to small humans, digital content creators, licensed hairstylists, brand agnostic, curl educators, and generally your snarky girlfriends with no filter. We're two women from the south side of Chicago taking the stupid out of natural hair. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of Curls Disrupted, where we talk today about the H&M experience. Ooh, so excited to dive into this one because this is so controversial and it brings up so much stuff for pretty much everybody who has seen it. So a little bit a while ago, not even sure how long ago, um, there was an image that was, it went viral on uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you use primarily of a young black girl, beautiful black girl, um, who may not have had the best choices for her hair made for her, for the image, um, and everybody had an opinion on it. I mean, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Um, and so, a little background on it. So, H&M had this campaign uh, they were doing, and it was actually inspired by something that happened on social media. Um, there was an image probably like maybe a week and a half prior to that where um, these parents and somebody had put all these images together of these children like you send them to school and how they return from school. And that actually went viral first. Oh, so they I were didn't doing even know their that. rendition of sending your Oh yeah. That it was their rendition of sending kids to school and what they look like after school. Now, if you go dig a little deeper, or if you had the opportunity, because they removed a lot of the images, um, if you had the opportunity to dig a little deeper, the little girl actually had a fro in the earlier images. And somebody thought, I don't know who, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but somebody decided to pull her hair up into a ponytail. And that's where all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figuratively. <laughs> so today we have an amazing guest with us to chat about what our experiences were the first time, second time, third time we saw that image. So Vanetta, please introduce yourself. Hold Hi on, y'all! Say Thanks that again. for that's okay first let me just say thank you for inviting me I've known Aisha for years and I do think that y'all are doing God's work helping the people with our hair so it's an honor just to be able to be here on the podcast and I'm a professor an assistant professor of Africana studies at Williams College and I study race at the intersections of media, popular culture, and music. And so I'm currently working on a book project where I look at colorism, but specifically at the ways in which popular rap artists have used, it, used color and complexion within lyrics. But quickly on just understanding colorism, colorism is often just boiled down to complexion. But when we're talking about privileges and colorism in general, where lighter skin is privileged over darker skin in all areas of life, we're not just talking complexion. We're talking hair texture. We're talking phenotype. We're talking all of these things. And so when this image came out, and, uh, you know, with H&M and you see all the blogs, all the people talking about it, I had a lot of thoughts. 
experience, right? With my own experience, I consider myself um, a dark brown woman. Um, and it's interesting often the ways in which we view our own complexion. Some of it changes depend on depending on who we're standing next to. But with my own kind of areas of research, I just didn't look at this through my experience as a darker skin black woman. But what does the research say? And what we all what we know is just in general, people are obsessed. And I'm not just talking about black folk in general. Um, when we look at how people have valued femininity and womanhood, hair length has always been part of it. Right. And so there's these Western and European notions of a woman's beauty and hair length was always part of it. Now we fast forward and think about how black folks have been indoctrinated through enslavement, imperialism, colonialism, some of those same discourses not have just traveled and been passed on. And so looking at the image of, the, of this, and uh, I'm uh, agreeing with Elise, this beautiful dark skin, and I think it's important to, to say what she also looked like, this darker skinned black girl, and people just so upset with her hair. For me, I was like, oh, okay, they don't have her edges glued down. I'm happy about that. But mm-hmm. yeah. I also understood, <laughs> let's be <laughs> yep. honest, because people be with that jail. Um, <laughs> did, did nobody laid her edges. Now, what y'all out here doing to um, the baby? <laughs> no. Yes. And that bothers the heck out of me. Let me just say that just in general. That's my own specific personal opinion. But there's ways in which this darker skinned girl just embodied then for everybody all of the issues that many of us Um, have held on to. And a lot of people were upset. I didn't see such a big deal. I was first happy that this was a visibly black girl. Often we get black girls in media, but they're um, either very Mm -hmm. light skinned or racially ambiguous. Right. And so to have a darker skinned black girl, I was like, check. Yes, we have that for me. And even I looked at some of these old, so the other images of her Afro, I'm like about time that they're, that they actually had somebody whose hair was not um, loosely curled, right? I don't even like to use the hair charts. I only use them in my classes explaining how the natural hair community talks about hair typing, right? Um, So I was happy about that, but I could understand people's angst around the fact that it seemed that her hair was unkempt. But when you put her picture in conversation in connection with all the other pictures of all these little white kids or the Asian children, Asian American children on this page, it was like all of them looked like they they either were on the playground, like tussling or doing whatever they were doing. And so then the image didn't really bother me as much. Um, but I think it's important that I, I'm just going to put it out there. And I Had get that, been lighter, I get that I for you. My first thought when I saw respect. that picture was that the stylist didn't know how to handle her hair and get the angles. I, I felt like it was a setup. And now if we want to talk mm-hmm, colorism, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the middle. My curls aren't tight. They're not loose. They're like kind of always mm. midway. Um, but as a, I saw it from a stylist mm-hmm. view first, mm-hmm. before I saw it as a black woman, I saw mm-hmm. it as a stylist view because then I went and looked up the rest yeah. of the images. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of the images were a styled messy. And as a stylist, I can tell the difference between what some of those uh, kids of other races, because mm-hmm. I've, I've been in those multicultural playground spaces where the kids come and they are just, they are done for the day. And I looked at the other kids and like, mm-hmm. they were a styled mm-hmm. messy. <laughs> and when you come to the little black girls, like she had to sit out 
and have somebody who didn't even mm. know how to like make her after school um, mm. styled, purposeful, messy, like editorially and just kind of left her as is. And so it's like, it just showed me that like, wait, so is this how mm. they see us? And then with the, the angle, they took that picture from. So for you guys who don't know, I have a degree in visual art. Just a bachelor's, I did not go get my master's. So I see things through visual communication. And that particular image mm. was taken at a very close angle of a profile mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. her. Like they took probably what of her face a beautiful image, but probably mm-hmm. the most unflattering angle mm-hmm. they could find of her hair versus what other angles they took of the other children. And so it wasn't so much that her complexion or her texture was the issue, is that what were they speaking to us by using that particular image of her? Because um, the other images of her, like she had a cute little like, mm-hmm. she had a cute little fro. And then she had this like picture where she had this like mm-hmm. halo in the front, like her hair escaped mm-hmm. um, her ponytail, mm-hmm. which is what my my child with tightly coily hair, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but tightly curly mm-hmm. hair uh, goes. And she has that whole front part that escapes the front after she's been playing on the playground all day. So when we want to talk real realism, coming off the playground mm-hmm. I'm like that's mm-hmm. realism coming off the playground mm-hmm. after nobody's touched her hair for two weeks versus okay mama did her hair yesterday and she came home was like mm-hmm. okay girl you had a good day mm-hmm. at school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's seeing it from that stylist perspective was like y'all you didn't have somebody behind mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. scenes mm-hmm. checking what this visually communicated mm-hmm. I get that. And so I think it's it's fair. Both you and Aisha are hairstylists and you bring that to the table. And it sounds like you all probably would have styled it oh, different, yeah. even if it wasn't styled the, the baby's hair different, even if if it wasn't gelled down, um, because I, I think mm-hmm. people get really upset, which I understand. This was not the same as the H&M um, ad where the little boy had the monkey shirt on another dark skin like little boy, that was not the same sort of thing. And with the new, um, I think she's like one of the vice presidents or uh, kind of in charge of marketing at H&M. She's um, Mm. a black woman, uh, Nigerian American, I believe. And I think at the helm, she's Mm. trying to do something different. And so I don't know if you all saw her response to it to say, you know, wow, we're trying to do these other sorts of things. And what I can commend them on is that uh, companies mm-hmm. and institutions don't always get it right, right? And sometimes it takes mm-hmm. people time to catch up. But I totally um, respect y'all as stylists to say, oh, I would have done messy editorially diff- like differently, right? But for me, the image, and right. also coming from a, a communication background <laughs> as well, I just, I guess I saw it um, in a different way that I'm like, finally, again, the jail isn't there. Yeah. And also not the obsession, (laughs) y'all, I'm tired of this jail, but also this obsession with long hair. And that's something that for me, I was like, yes. Um, And I think there there could be arguments made on especially the ways in which very tightly uh, coiled, or I say kinky, I'm fine with it. I don't know how you all use it within... um, your terminology, a stylist, but in my classes, I kind of give the, 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 the word power again as somebody with a kinkier texture of hair. I think often when, when our hair textures are celebrated, it's either very short 
or very long, right? So you see like models like Elek Weck or Adut, um, I can't think of her last name, these beautiful dark skinned women with very, very, very short hair. Or you see the darker skinned mm-hmm. woman with um, the same sort of kinky texture hair that, that grew really long, but there's never anything in the middle. And so I was just still happy yeah. that this little girl was still shown that I have a niece who has very, very, very kinky hair, beautiful, dark skin, could do editorial. Jimmy's daughter, Aisha, could do um, editorial work. And she has short hair, like, and her hair is not going in a long, flowing bun, but that's Ooh, okay. Don't know. And I, I, I hope right. people know that there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody but wants well, here's long what hair. we're saying. And I guess and when I'm we also saying, see in what? relation to what comes in our chair, we do use the word kinky. But we tend to, when kinky comes to us, kinky comes to us in a in a very negative way. And we're not saying how we view it, but how people are viewing mm-hmm. their own kinky hair. Like we're still in, mm. we're still in needing to go to therapy space about our beauty, about our hair, about yeah. our hair yeah. experience experiences that we've had. And I think yeah. when I, when I was saying visual communication, I think that needs to be taken into account oh, as well amen. about what, and what black women in America experiences on. have been with their own kinky hair and what, what type of emotion, what Absolutely. type of feeling is going to bring up that image is going to bring up with them. And it's, it's often, it's not that we're, I don't think it starts as a basis of hating non-gelled edges. It's not starting as a basis of hating that this young girl was pulled back into a mini pony. It was so much that that was me and I got teased or that was me and my mama said I was Mm -hmm. ugly or that was me in some personal visceral experience. And I think Mm -hmm. as a marketing professional, that's something that has to be taken into account uh, when you are communicating something. It's like, we're grateful to see that she's a beautiful dark skinned girl who has um, shorter kinky hair and it's just all in its glory. Like she just came off the playground, but we also have to understand what that's going to bring up culturally for people that we have not even yet had a chance to address. Uh, When we start thinking about the natural hair community, we are still struggling to not separate ourselves by number letter combinations. We're still struggling Mm -hmm. to have clients Mm -hmm. who sit in our chair feel that they are Mm -hmm. pretty when their hair doesn't look like who we've put on a pedestal and made popular. So we're still dealing with some some mental things that we got to go through. And we know that those representations mm. are going to bring very mm. diverse reactions and they're mm. going to be hot button topics. For sure. Yeah. And for me, I experienced the image as I experienced the clients who come in mm. with hair like hers who tell me what their hair cannot do. Mm. And so for me, it was more of a, this is how we're going to introduce this hair that people tell me can't do mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And I spend a lot of time uh, with clients. I have so many clients with hair like mm-hmm. hers. Mm-hmm. I can see exactly when I, if I were able to spend time with her um, mm-hmm. doing her hair, what it would actually do differently mm-hmm. um, under mm-hmm. a different, I guess, under different supervision <laughs> and mm-hmm. direction. Um, mm-hmm. I can see where what the potential of her hair was. And mm-hmm. so I was like, this is feeding back into what people already think about the hair mm-hmm. that looks like this, mm-hmm. the, as you called it, the kinkier hair, the yeah. tighter hair. Um, so my experience was more as like, oh God, like could they have gotten somebody 
Mm-hmm. Somebody out there who works with this medium, because I always use it as a medium, because mm-hmm. we talk like yeah. it's art. Yeah, it is art. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't they have gotten somebody that works with this medium of hair <laughs> to present it in a way that nobody has seen this hair? Because as Elisa has already said, and just like you said, like that, what people see in that is what they have seen in their childhood. Right. The reason why they wanted to get a relaxer, you know what I mean? That's the right. reason why they wanted their hair pressed, um, because no, we again have all of this historical historical uh, hurt that we're and carrying yes. into our everyday <laughs> life. That's um, right. I'm happy that I get to be a part of changing um, the perspective yeah. and even the conversation as a as it relates um, to hair like this. Because my son, like. He has this hair that nobody has. I don't even know where this hair comes from. <laughs> and I get some interesting comments when we're out and about. I'll never forget the lady I was, we were, um, we went to Miami this past summer mm-hmm. and we, he and I, it was just he and I traveling and I'm going through TSA. And if you don't know, like it's stressful traveling with the small child mm-hmm. um, and having to carry all your stuff. <laughs> and I get to the TSA gate and this lady goes, oh my God, like his hair is so gorgeous. And I'm like, thank you. She's like, well, I wish I had his hair because I got this N-word hair. And I was like... Ooh, way to like hit me mm-hmm. like with this whole heavy conversation mm-hmm. that I don't have time to have mm-hmm. with her right now because I really wanted to have a conversation mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. about how she felt about her hair. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. we're carrying around a whole bunch of stuff. And I feel like in 2019, there was a different way to present because um, mm-hmm. we have too many people telling black women what they should look like. Oh yeah, and, and they're I, not black. And uh, of course, of course. And I think that's also one of the one of the main issues. And I think that's something that I, I I at least appreciate about the work that you all are doing. At least as somebody who um is viewing it via social media, is that you all are also demystifying um black hair in a way that is you're and you're changing language or the discourse around it. And it's not hard this is what you can do with your hair. Because um, again, as we know, all the memes are people like, it's wash day, like wash day should take five hours. Actually, it doesn't, you know? And I think what I love <laughs> about it is like, you're like, it don't take that long. Why did you put 10 products in your hair? <laughs> Here are the three products that you should use. And that's why I say it's God's work because I, I feel like what this is helping people to do is to say, oh, there's nothing wrong with my hair. Because by telling people that they need 10 products, to put in their hair, it's going to take five hours. You're saying that your hair is so unmanageable. It is so hard. It's so time consuming. It is so, I'm going to say it, you know, niggerish because I'm black. Um, that this becomes <laughs> when, shout out to Gina hey, Rodriguez. Like, please don't say that. Don't think right. you're <laughs> So like, it becomes like a thing that, again, it, it's holding us back. And another thing, like, you know, kind of bringing up the research in this, um, I've interviewed black women and black men as I've been doing this research specifically on music. So I've been looking at black music for like 40 years. And one of the things that I noticed is that men can use language like kinky and nappy and it becomes this very masculine thing. An example, Wayne, you know, I'm a young money millionaire, uh, tougher than Nigerian hair, right? Boom. That's not, um, that's, be, that's becoming masculine. We can go even further back. Method man. And guys, Nigerian hair is not that tough. That's, but exactly. But no, becomes, it's not. I have some Nigerian <laughs> clients. But there becomes, but, 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 no. but let's think about it though. But there becomes a thing that says, because he's a man, 
he can have this kinky hair because it makes him stronger. Method Man has a lyric mm. from back in the day mm. on Jizz's album where he says, because your naps ain't nappy enough. I have yet to hear uh, women rappers be able, outside of probably Lauren Hill, to be able to kind of use that same language and still be okay with femininity uh, around their hair texture, right? And so it's like, I don't know. There would be problems. There would be problems. There would be right? problems. It, and so there would be problems. Backlash and canceling. Right. Because and, it's like and oh somehow God. I was actually just at the Lauren Hill concert in LA and people, she was an hour and a half late and people stayed. So that that is a level of respect that no one has in the industry to be able to say and or do those things. So you have your you have your purple elephants and then everybody else has to fall in line. That's and right. That's, because that's where we are. That's right, because then, you know, someone who I love, but then Tracy Ellis Ross becomes still then the prototype of hair that everybody's looking for. And they're doing that same thing, Aisha, with your son. Like, oh, I wish my hair looked like that instead of saying, oh, your son's hair is gorgeous, you know, and just leaving it like that. Or this is what my hair can do as opposed to um, kind of pining after something uh, that they don't have but still being okay with what the hair that they do possess. And I think that becomes a problem. I know a lot of women. <laughs> I have a lot of women friends. I talk to a lot of women. One of the things that I observed as being a woman who is friends with so many women is that there is a level of delusion that women live in. Mm. All of us. All of us have a certain level of delusion. Sorry, ladies. Hate to burst your bubble because I know somebody's going to be mad or triggered by this. But there's a level of delusion that we all live in. And so because we are being uh, sold these images of things uh, as it relates to beauty, not just in hair, but even in body. I have a girlfriend who has the most amazing shape, like out of this world, like she, Megan, Meg the Stallion has nothing on my friend. Okay. (laughs) Nothing on my friend. (laughs) However, no shade to Meg, but my friend, body is nice. Now, another friend went of hers went and got, now I'm, somebody's going to know what this is about. But anyway, <laughs> another friend of hers went and got um, uh, some work done. And her, she, I, in her mind, I guess she was on kind of like my friend, but this is a thing. You can't go and make a bungalow into a Victorian home. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. A bungalow is a bungalow, okay? We, we dealt with a little deep um, today. Because that, that's kind of like, except, hey, except who you are and what you have. But we're we're on the we're on that yes. path. And I think that natural hair, natural hair is the, can be the trigger point for a lot of Black yes. women and understanding the experiences that our grandmothers mm. had, that our mothers had, and all that generational trauma that got then passed down and inserted into mm. us. And we are the generation that's like that's having right. a hard look at it and saying, do I accept this or do I not accept this? And if I don't accept this, yes. what is the alternative? How do I begin to love what comes out of my yes. own head, what I look like, what how other people perceive yes. me, what comes yes. with wearing this natural hair. And so we see that a lot of, we, I'm so glad to see it in the young girls. They're so much freer with their choices about what they're doing. Um, and we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. a spectrum of things. We also have the responsibility to mm-hmm. not make mm-hmm. it 
as difficult as it is, because when we we actually posted that picture, that H and M picture, on our profile for a discussion, and we it almost revealed how the commenters felt about themselves because they thought what we were saying was the baby's edges needed to be gelled mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. that she needed to have mm-hmm. a controlled style, that she needed mm-hmm. to have done something Never. completely differently with her hair because there was something wrong with that. her hair, and that we never said that. And that spoke more to mm-hmm. what their internal perceptions were versus mm-hmm. the critique that we were making on H&M. There was, you needed to have someone in that background yeah. behind the scenes to say, hey, that might not necessarily be the best angle for that shot. That might not necessarily be the best styling option for that child. Mm-hmm. That might be, you might want to go in this direction. Uh, because we're mm-hmm. understanding how the public that we are trying to sell mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. is perceiving this image. There was just, there, it just sounds like there was a lack of someone being there that may have had that experience to guide them in, a, in, in a, even a slightly different direction. What I got from that whole thing was it was an experience. Every single person who saw that image had a different experience with the image. And most of it, I will say, is caught up in us still demystifying our own hair. Mm-hmm. We are still, our hair is still a mystery to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how can you expect people who don't have yet to solve the puzzle <laughs> or buy a bow to understand anything about the hair when they don't get and, it? And, uh, you know, on top of that, we're still then fighting past this discourse that's been passed down to us for hundreds of years, right? And so we're kind of like fighting upstream uh, to do different sorts of work mm-hmm. to create a counter discourse to mm-hmm. the discourse that has often been accepted. Right. And so the delusion that you spoke of is it's, you know, it's how um, we've been socialized to think about ourselves, whether we're talking beauty, complexion, hair, all of those different types of things and what sort of value is placed on it. So I think one of the biggest kind of issues as people are looking at these images just in general is People are trying to, one, love themselves, learn about their hair, that they've had hair grow out of their head for, I don't know, umpteen number of years, but because it's been either relaxed or it's been in wigs or weaves and no shade, do you, you know, or braids, that when it's not, it's kind of like, can I still value myself if my hair is not hanging all the way down my back, right? But then at the same time, then we're looking at pictures you know, of Beyonce, even though, you know, Beyonce may wear wigs or whatever, uh, or other, you know, stars, and we don't look like them and our hair doesn't look like them. We see all the value is put to a certain sort of femininity, very, you know, heterosexual, you know, woman with the body. And this is what we value. And if you don't have those things, it becomes kind of like this still internal fight that many people are doing. So I I try to have patience with people, right? Um, And since I work with college students, I love that, that age group because young people are thinking about their lives in different ways. They're away from their parents, many of them, and they're making their own decisions. And in my classes, I do a whole class on colorism and we are like really unpacking stuff. So if I were in the classroom at the moment, I'm on sabbatical, we would be really like that H&M thing would have been the whole class, right? Along with readings 
and everything. That would have been the class. <laughs> because like, the soon as when Beyonce drops something, I'm on it. We are on it. We're talking about it and unpacking this <laughs> so that one, we can be free, but then also pass the same sort of freedom to to, to young people, right? To the, to the people um, who are behind us. So it's going to take some work. And I feel like as long as people like you all are doing this sort of work, you know, we have educators out there, slowly but surely the message is getting there. But for people to really value themselves if their hair is not going to be loose, if their hair is not long, or if they learn the, the, the right regimen to, to actually make their hair grow, and and be healthy in different ways. It's like, wow, I didn't know, like you said, Aisha, that my hair could even do this. Um, I think then then we would be at a benefit, but it's going to take some work. Just like Black Panther was an amazing movie, and it's like, yes, there are dark-skinned people in movies, but how many dark-skinned people are in movies, right? And so that's love interest. It was like Black Panther <laughs> ain't going to change everything. I love it. Let's keep doing it, Right. But that's just one thing among many, right, that we're still fighting. Mm. So I, I just say, like, uh, you know, the, the Lord has given patience and grace uh, because it's it's a long battle. It's not one of these things that you win um, because, you know, uh, Miss America is natural. Right. It's like, oh, that's nice. Um, but we keep we keep moving. Right. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't do 400 right. years of oppression, enslavement. Come on. Uh, self-degradation, outside degradation in, what has it been with this whole natural hair movement? I've been doing natural hair for 10 years. I'm sure there was always people on the undercurrent, but it's really only been popular for about the last seven or eight. We can't undo that much harm and that much internalized personal stuff Mm -hmm. in five to eight years. So we have to Mm -hmm. realize that sometimes what we see is going to trigger something in us and we have to question, why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. What's happening? What things do I need to Mm -hmm. heal in Mm -hmm. order to see myself and this person and it's beautiful, but Mm -hmm. also see the things that need to change in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. many different industries that that photo touched mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so we're just we're just out here doing the work Absolutely. you're out yeah. here doing the work and we yeah. hope that our listeners are doing their own internal self-work to make sure that they are feeling beautiful about themselves and that they can be an example sometimes because sometimes it really just takes one person to say hey right. i love what i look like i love my hair whatever right. it's gonna do you're gonna get whatever comes out this bonnet today That's right. um, it takes That's a person right. to have that type of confidence <laughs> in order right. for someone else to get free that's right. And some people do like to change it up, you know, and do different things. But I think the end goal is, can I still be OK with my hair, how it grows? You know, can yeah. I still be OK with my hair, you know, if it doesn't do all the things that people say is valuable? So I think that's where we're, I, I think for me, you know, as a teacher, that's one of my goals to help my to help my students know that regardless of where you stand on what we call the color continuum, whether you are the darkest of dark or the lightest of light, can you still love yourself? Nobody can take that blackness away from you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but at the same time, just still also be, be comfortable with the ways in which other people look right. Um, as well, understanding we all have some sort of privileges, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but truly, truly kind of understanding our own selves. And so we can better support others. Wonderful. So we're going to leave that here today. I love it. 
I love it. I think this was a, a lovely <laughs> discussion between, <laughs> I'm sorry, this was a lovely discussion. I, I, I was really like, we need another person to like share their experience because we're sharing the experience as stylists. And when um, Vanada and I had the conversation through Inbox, I was like, we need to talk more because I know Vanada had more. And I love how she knows rap like nobody's business. Real talk. She I used did. to she used to be a rapper. Are you, you still know, rapping? Really? You know what? It's so funny. <laughs> oh my my students didn't know me as an entertainer. I was like, yeah, I used to write for people and do stuff in New York. And, you know, I did my music dream. So it's cool being the teacher who writes and uh, researches and teaches about rap. But most of them have no clue. Oh wow! Well, see, I'm I'm, I'm excited. If there's, if there's a project coming out, there, there's a project coming out. So let us know so that we can make sure everybody else knows. Because I'm I'm that nerd that decided not to go to grad school, but I need to read all the grad school level yes. stuff. So just just so, let us so know. The book is coming. The book is coming. That's gonna be like my hot mixtape. So when that drops, I'll I'll definitely let yes. you know. <laughs> I love it that you were able to see. I actual lyrics. You're like, and this lyric. I was like, oh shit. I, was scared. I, was scared. I mean, it's my. I say, but I, I think say that there's so my good. love language, you know. And so, like, Wu Tang is still yes. it for me, and I love all the new people. You Ooh. know, I, you know, I try to stay current with the young folks. So I like to, you know, I still listen to Gunna Baby, all these little yachties. Like everybody loves all the little is the babies. I still listen I to everybody. I still listen to everybody because I was like, I got a 13-year-old niece, I love it. nephews. I was like, I need to know what they're listening to. Um, and so I'm always there, even if I don't understand. And mm-hmm. I was like, this mm-hmm. may not be what I like, but I'm going to listen to it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> love thank you so thank much. you Vanada for joining thank us you. that I was a great discussion I had and we hope that everybody that's listening has starts having those discussions all the things that make you uncomfortable start having those discussions in your communities in your families uh, with your children so that we can keep growing